Welcome to the Vancouver Tech Podcast. This is our episode 85. I'm your host, Drew Grizzik. Samantha, what's going on this week? Hey, Drew. We have an exciting week of events this week. With the Design and Content Conference starting this week, the Style and Class Meetup Group is partnering up with them to host a special event on teaching bots to talk. Learn how to create bots that sound conversational and not robo-talk. This is happening at the Rio Theater at 6 p.m. On Tuesday, we have two events for you. The first is a talk on cloud access security at CoCore at 6 p.m. The second is how to start a startup. If you're interested in starting your own business and want to learn about the resources available to you, this is a great event to attend. It's at 6.30 at the Profile in Gastown. On Wednesday, the ReactJS group is having their July meetup. Attend to meet fellow developers and recruiters in the React community. This is at 5.30 in downtown. Also on Wednesday, the AWS user group is hosting an overview of Amazon's EC2 container service. This is happening at the ACL office at 6 p.m. Finally, on Thursday, you can attend Code & Coffee to hear short talks from developers in our community. This is at 6.30 at Mobify. Or you can attend Google Cloud for startups. Learn about the tools, technologies, and tricks you can use with the Google Cloud platform. That's at 5.30 in Gastown. And that's this week's top events you should check out. We're joined here with special guest Ken McDonald, who is the Chief Growth Officer of TeamSnap. Thank you very much for joining us, Ken. Thank you for having me on the show. Why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe a bit about your background, and something that I'm really wondering, what exactly is a, a growth officer and what's the day, a day in the life like of a chief growth officer? Uh, sure. So uh, currently I'm a chief growth officer at, at TeamSnap, which is a uh, sports app to manage your youth sports team. And we've got about 15 million people who use it. And uh, essentially I run marketing, sales, and analytics. Uh, and my core responsibility is basically getting the company more customers, uh, whether they're just uh, people who are using the platform or paying customers. That's that's basically what my uh, job is at, at a high level. You know, a, a typical day is really, it, it's all around funnel management. Um, and that's true both, uh, well, one interesting part about our business, we have a B2C side of the business and a B2B side of the business. And on both of those, it really is about funnel management, just getting people to check out the brand, get them to then trial it, get them to then activate, get them to pay, and then retain them. Okay, so what kind of, uh, what, what sort of customer profile might you have for the customers or for the, a business who would be a typical user of TeamSnap? So there's again there's two sides of business um on the what we would call the B2C side that's an individual coach or team manager signing up to manage their sports team through the app and um you know on average they're paying about $10 a month uh US for the service the on the B2B side the profile is more an association that is signing up um you know and and they might have anywhere from 15 to 
250 teams that they're all signing up in one shot. And then they're doing a little bit different things where they're, they might be registering all the, the kids um, and collecting money and waivers and, uh, you know, running the, the website and sending emails to everybody and, and those sort of things. So it's a, a little bit different than just a coach trying to manage the schedule and the communications with the team. Very cool. Uh, and so you're here in town for the next uh, couple of days, I guess. What brings you to town? Uh, we have been a sponsor for five years of uh, the Coaches Site, which is a, a big hockey conference. And, um, you know, we early on, it was kind of an interesting case when we were acquiring customers. Uh, we noticed that the uh, we, we just had some really interesting um uh, acquisition numbers from that site, and uh, it turned out that their audience was just about a almost direct overlap with ours, and we decided to forge a, a closer relationship with the organization. Now, how process. often does something like that happen in business, I guess, on, except for with directly competing businesses where you have uh, almost a, a one-to-one match with your customer base? Um, you know, I would say that there are, you know, again, in our case, we are... Uh, our, our decision maker, especially on the B2C side, is is coaches. So there are people who have sites that uh, cater to coaches. They have email lists or videos or whatever that uh, just are um, helping coaches become better better coaches. And there are there's probably a hundred of those worldwide that have got a reasonable size audience, something like that. Um, so. Uh, and, and I think most businesses have those. It's just that the, the trick, as you and you kind of touched on it, is finding ones that aren't competitive. And, um, you know, in the case of um, Coach Size, the nice part is it, it really is very it, – it's not overlapping with our business, but it is, um, it is the same sort of folks, and we can pick up customers from them, and we've done some things to help drive some business to them. So it's been a really nice relationship. Okay, so the term uh, "growth officer" or I guess "growth hacker" uh, is something that I've I've heard kicking around a little bit. I've noticed you've got uh, on your LinkedIn in parentheses marketing, sales, and analytics as well. It, does that sort of encompass what uh, what a chief growth officer's responsibilities are? Well, I, I, I'm not saying everybody is um, who is a chief growth officer would have all of those capabilities under them. Um, particularly analytics, I don't know that. Um, they always have that. I, I just have a very analytical background, and uh, having worked at Oracle for a number of years, had a pretty technical um, background. Um, I, I, I think the uh, the the main theme, and, and and you kind of touch on two things. I mean, chief growth officer and and growth hacker. Chief growth officer is always about just growing the business, growing the number of customers, growing the number of paying customers, um, and and sometimes growing the number of kind of retained customers. Um, you know, growth hackers a little bit more specific where I think of that as how do you acquire more customers without necessarily having to pay for them? You know, and, and TeamStamp's got a kind of an interesting case where about 40% of our business comes through virality. So, you know, I sign up for a team. It works really well. Um, and, and I invite you. You're one of the players or parents on the, uh, the team. And next season, you've got a different sport and you go ahead and sign up you know, your other team because you liked how, you know, my team worked under, under team snap. And that's, that's 40% of our business, which, um, maybe is that, is that typical for, uh, for businesses? No, not at all. And actually one of the ways the math works out, that's really kind of uh, fun. And it actually is what really is, is 
driven a lot of the company's growth is that for every team that we acquired through paid uh, advertising, whether it's AdWords or YouTube or Facebook or what have you, we basically will get one follow-on team for free through virality in a three-year period. And, um, you know, that math basically means we get it, it, it basically means all our dollars are stretched by two, um, which is which is awesome. OK, yeah, that's that is pretty impressive. Now, there's something I think that uh, is on a lot of people's minds, especially when they're they're building a business or, or making a startup. And that's kind of uh, how to acquire your first million customers, I think. And you might know a little bit about this. In fact, we might say that you wrote the book on this. I, I did actually uh, write a book called How to Acquire Your First Million Customers. Um, I just uh, wrote that uh, uh, with uh, a buddy of mine about two months ago. We had the the two of us had built uh, a number of sizable internet businesses. Um, TeamSnap being one. In my case, we both had been involved in an online photo company that we built from the ground floor to about twelve million customers. And I just had so many people who were asking me for advice how to uh, how to build their business. I mean, we were talking about the coaches' site. They actually were one of the, the folks who was asking for digital marketing advice. And uh, uh, my co-author and I, we just found ourselves uh, continuing giving the, the same advice, and we decided to uh, put it down, um, you know, in a, in a book. Um, you know, I think a, a lot of the, the book is really about kind of the process. A lot of times people ask us, like, is is there a, a, a silver bullet? You know, is it Instagram today or is it Pinterest or this or you know? And people always think there's some hot thing, but it, it it's really more about the process. You know, how do I set up my funnel uh, analytics? How do I set up my goals? How do I track people as they flow through those? And then how do I monitor, A/B test, revise, and just keep doing the same thing over and over? So I keep getting smarter about what things drive me customers and what things don't work. And I put my money and time to the stuff that that does work. That was the first thing that I was sort of thinking about was, is there a sort of um, an automatable almost process for, for going about these tasks? Or is it so business dependent and um, customer dependent that it really needs to be completely tailored uh, to the business? Well, I think the the process is it can be very consistent. I think the channels uh, vary from business to business, and I go even one step further. And this is why when people ask me, "Oh, is you know, is X Y Z channel is Instagram you know the hot thing now, or is it Facebook or this or that?" I mean that that can even change. You know, you take the case of Facebook. Facebook is a supply and demand market, right? And depending on how many people want to buy ads versus how much inventory they've got you see the prices on Facebook go up and down. And it could be just even within your own business that certain times a year, Facebook works, and other times of the year, it doesn't. So that's where, again, it's it's much more about having that process mentality that says, I'm looking at, for every dollar I spend, I'm I'm getting really good at knowing how much do I get in terms of customer value and uh, lifetime uh, customer value from that dollar spend. And what's the... Um, What's the ratio of money in versus how much I'm, I'm getting out and getting that really granular by all the different places I'm spending, by ad, by keyword, 
you know, by audience, etc. And I suppose there's a lot of variables there and you'd get better numbers uh, the longer you were able to, to sort of run these analytics over. The, like you said, you know, at certain times of the year, you might have um, a good return on your investment if you're, if you're advertising with Facebook, whereas with other times of the year, it just might not pan out. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think it's it's really all about about getting a good cadence. You know, for us, we look at a lot. We look at some stuff once a week, a lot on a once a month uh, basis. Um, and then we just try and, again, look at what that that ROI is. And we try and be really granular about cutting up the results by keyword, by um, campaign, by ad, by audience, uh, you know, et, et cetera. Um, and at the same time, I mean, we do, I, I don't want to say it's all numbers driven. We try and be, uh, really smart as marketers to say, well, that didn't work. Think about why that didn't work. Is it something that we could change? Is there, is there a good reason behind it? And then try and adapt and, and perhaps, uh, make some modifications and relaunch just because say Facebook isn't working, you know, this month doesn't mean that we're not going to do it next month. It just means that we're not going to blindly keep pouring money in and expecting it to go better. Are there any um, must-have tools that you reach to every day that you would think that anyone uh, considering becoming a, um, what would I say, a growth officer for a, for a startup should have or must have in their tool belt? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say um, that the two software products that we just live in, and die by and, and more the category of them. So one would be web tracking tools. So like we use Google Analytics. I mean, I, I spend, you know, hours a day, either in Google Analytics, talking about results from Google Analytics, helping other people with Google Analytics. I mean, that just, um, to us, that is at the core of our, our, our funnel um, uh, KPI tracking. Um, and then the other thing that, um, you know, we're huge fans of is A-B testing tools. Um, and there, you know, there are several of them out there. Um, we happen to use the, the Google one um, that does plug in very nicely with Google Analytics. And um, what the, the interesting thing about uh, A-B testing is that it, it just makes all parts of customer acquisition really work. So I'll give you a really simple example. Let's say you've got some keywords on, uh, on Google uh, paid search that are sort of marginal and you're thinking about cutting them off. But you make some you know, A-B test on your homepage that improves conversion rates by 30%, which we've seen fairly regularly, you know, um, tests that, that improve conversion rates by that numbers. How so large of a sample size would you have to have to be able to confirm that? Well, the, the, the A-B test tools will um, automatically figure out the sample size for you. The good ones will just tell you, okay, you've reached statistical significance or, you know, nope, you need to keep running. And in more, it's more a matter of like, is this, if you're Amazon, you could run the test maybe for 15 minutes. You know, if you're a small site, you may need to run it for three months to get to statistical significance. Makes sense. But, you know, to go back to that case, and, you know, you've got some keywords that today aren't really working very well on AdWords. You run that, you make that change, and suddenly those those keywords are now profitable. And not only that, all the stuff you're doing on Facebook and YouTube and everywhere else is also doing better and suddenly you've just stretched your budget by 30%. And I mean, you know, think about, it's like your boss walking into your office and saying, I just increased your marketing budget by 30%. I mean, that how often does that happen, right? So that's why I, I just love A-B testing. And I think it's so key to, to everything that you do. 
Okay, so definitely uh, analytics tools and A-B testing. The ones that you personally use are, are the Google ones, of course, um, but there may be others as well. To oh, check for sure. Out. And we've certainly, both at TeamSnap and elsewhere, have used uh, other tools, um, you know, in both of those categories. Okay, so uh, beyond that, what's a, uh, what are some maybe, can, if you wouldn't mind sharing some, some tidbits from uh, how to acquire your first million customers? Uh, I notice here it has five stars on Amazon. Um, five out of five of the ratings uh, were all very, very positive. And it seems like it's a relatively short read as well, you know, 100 pages. So you could pick this up, um, read through it. Who would be uh, the ideal sort of person to read this book? You know, really, the the audience of the book can be anybody who's got a digital business that wants to to grow that business. Um, you know, it, it it can be somebody who's in in marketing or an executive, or we've also had a number of people who maybe came from more of a technical bent who are just trying to be smarter about understanding the marketing and the customer acquisition uh, side of things. Um, and it it it, it starts. A little more high level and then gets a little bit more into the detail. So, um, you know, depending on your level of interest, you can, you know, just read the first half of it or keep going and really get into the, to the details later in the book. As a software developer myself, um, I've been quite interested in sort of information architecture, how we lay things out, how we deliver the information, um, and also analytics and, and A-B testing, anything that sort of helps to automate processes and, and give you real numbers that you can use uh, are quite fascinating to me, at least. Um, would that still be something that, uh, would there be something that would appeal for me or to me? Uh, absolutely. I, I think actually the part that um, along that that you might uh, appreciate that's in the book, I mean, one of the, the first things that we talk about in the book, and, you know, it's amazing how many companies don't do this, is you, you need to build out... Um, a funnel your goals for all the KPIs in the the the, the funnel. KPIs being key performance indicators. So, the uh, you know a lot of people will say, well, I'm trying to get to X number of revenue this year. Well, what you need to do then is back back that up in the funnel. And what I mean is, so let's say you have an e-commerce site. Well, if if you need, let's say it's a million dollars of revenue, how many orders does that mean? Okay, I'm X dollars per order. Well, that means I need this many orders. Okay, if I need that many orders, how many people do I need to put something in the cart? Because I, I know there's a certain number of people who will kind of get lost between the time they in the cart and when they check out. And then, you know, go a step further about that. How many people do I need to just actually get to the, the site? Because I know that for every person who comes to the site, X percent is actually going to put something in the cart and keep working further upstream. Okay, and then, then how many people need to see my ad, say, on Facebook in order to have a certain percentage of them click through the site? And again, you know, building out, and it, it it is kind of like a marketing information architecture of like, I, I need this many orders at this many dollars in order, this many people put it in the cart, this many visitors to the site, this many people who see the Facebook ad. When you have all those pieces, it, it's like having a roadmap. And then as you start marketing, you know, I'm doing well in getting people to to see my ads, but geez, I'm I'm not doing well in this part of the funnel. Maybe I'm not getting people to to actually put things in the cart, or I can get people to put things in the cart, but I can't get them to check out. And that then really guides you to where you need to say do A/B testing to really dial things in. If I if I can't get people to check out, I probably want to run some tests and really dig into the user experience around the checkout process. 
how do you determine which uh, what to set as your KPIs? And if you choose one thing, like maybe say uh, a million in revenue, then do other things suffer? And how do you prevent that? Or do you, do you often find uh, businesses have too many KPIs? Oh, I think a lot of pe people do. I mean, there's always uh, there's this joke that uh, the K in KPI stands for thousand. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, I, I think it all goes back to understanding what the the goal is for the business. Um, and, and we talk about this a lot at, at TeamSnap is, so what's what's the overall goal for the business? So if your goal is, you know, and in TeamSnap's case, we're we're very, um, our highest level goal is, is revenue-based uh, at this point. And I think in a lot of businesses' case, it, it should be. Because at the end of the day, you know, app downloads are great. People who DAUs, uh, daily active users, or other measures of engaged users are great. But they don't pay the bills, and if you got to pay people's salaries, you know there's no substitute for cash. So I think if you under if if you know, and again maybe there's a reason that that's you don't want to have a cash based uh, you know target. But once you have that as you as your overall goal, so my company's goal is to get a million dollars in in revenue this year. You know what? Then you should be able to, as I said, kind of work backwards and figure out the five or six things. And I think five or six is a good number that get you to that. And obviously, you know, an e-commerce business versus a SaaS business versus a ad tech business, those are all a little bit different, the five or six uh, KPIs that you might use to get to that revenue target. But again, I kind of walk backwards into that funnel and say, what are the what are the steps I need to, to do basically to get people um, to eventually pay me? That makes a lot of sense. And I guess if you keep it small, uh, maybe you have your main KPI and then uh, some secondary ones, I guess, around that. Um, but you can quickly see if ones are interfering with your your primary goal, then you can uh, rule them out. Would that be yeah. how that works? Um, I, let's put it this way: I think you know one of the things, and again, we we talk about this a fair bit at, at TeamSnap is, you know, if somebody has got a if if you're again, let's go back to the company's goals and drive a million dollars of revenue. That, that's not team snaps, but it, you know ours is similar, just larger magnitude. Um, but you uh, then when you develop KPIs, really what you should be asking is if I get to this KPI, if I'm successful in this, am I going to uh, get to that million dollars of revenue? Can I see a path from getting these folks? to, you know, achieving this KPI to that million dollars revenue. I think, you know, the example I mentioned of getting visitors to your site, getting them to put it in the car, getting them to check out all those, you know, average order value, those things you can see a very clear path that if you kind of multiply those things, uh, you know, against each other, you will get to that million dollars. So another thing that you said that kind of uh, resonated with me was I see a lot of people not doing this or I can't believe how many businesses don't do this. <laughs> there seems to be so many things out there where it's kind of common knowledge or people talk about it a lot. Here are the steps that you should be following, but not so many people are actually doing them. Do you see a lot of companies out there just for whatever reason not following some very obvious steps that they could be to uh, help to really improve their their market and to grow their companies. Oh, I think there are a, a lot of things that uh, you know. There are a lot of best practices that aren't necessarily being uh, followed, and, and part of it is just digital marketing is so new, right? So, um, I, you know, it's it's very common where you bump into people who are um, 
you know, they've been working in digital marketing one year, two years, three years. They were just kind of thrown into it. And, I, you know, I don't think, um, and this was part of the reason for the book, was I don't think there's a lot of great resources that sort of teach people, you know, all the basics of it. I, I think a lot of the the issues that, again, people see is they, they tend to, because we haven't given people frameworks on how to think about it, both, you know, some of this, just look at the issues that we just talked about. Build out your funnel metrics, you know, have a process to 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 try things, measure adjust and and test again as opposed to getting locked into certain tactics you know one of the pieces of advice a lot of people get often about how to learn digital marketing and growth hacking is just go read blogs the problem is when you just read blogs you they, they end up being very tactical so you get very good at a bunch of tactics and no one really gives you that framework of how to think about customer acquisition and how to think about funnel management at a bigger picture. So I, I think that's kind of the crux of where people get themselves into into trouble is kind of that getting stuck in the tactics as opposed to understanding the framework they need to, to think about. So it's not necessarily just a uh, sort of common knowledge, everybody should know this stuff. It's more of uh, digging in a little deeper and doing the groundwork. I, I don't think that people have really been trained on the on the frameworks. Uh, so I'm not sure that it is uh, it is common knowledge. It sort of gets mentioned in, in passing, but I don't know that people have, have really understand. I mean, one of the questions I like when I uh, do public speaking, one of the questions I like to ask people in the audience is just how many of you, you know, to the to the discussion we just had about KPIs, how many of you have five or six KPIs that get you to your company goals and you've got targets for each of those KPIs and, you know, you know right now whether you're at or above or below plan on each of those KPIs. And, you know, inevitably, when I ask that in an audience, there's very few hands that go up and say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. And I think that that really goes to the to the heart of it. So that's something that every business should be doing, whether they actually are or aren't. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I think, I mean, how are you going to hit your goals if you don't know the, the five or six, um, you know, steps that kind of build to that to that goal? Okay, Ken. Well, if uh, if our listeners would like to reach out to you or perhaps follow you online, what would be a good way to do so? Uh, sure. So on Twitter, I'm Ken P. McDonald, M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. Um, and the the book that we reference is uh, firstmillioncustomers.com, or you can find it on, on Amazon, How to Acquire Your First Million Customers. Ken McDonald, Chief Growth Officer of TeamSnap. Thank you very much for being on the Vancouver Tech Podcast. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Vancouver Tech Podcast. Check out our website, vancouvertechpodcast.ca. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Much appreciated. You can follow us on Twitter, Van Tech Podcast. Feel free to leave some comments below. You can also hit us up on the YBR Dev, the Vancouver Tech, the Van Tech Slacks. I'm at James. And I'm at Drew. Special thanks to Same Room for hooking us up with an integration that allows us to have a cross-team Slack channel, Van Devs. Do you have a meetup that you want us to plug? Email us, show at vancouvertechpodcast.ca. Music by A Shell in the Pit from the game Parkitect. See you at one of the meetups around, around town. town.